0: Hey what's everybody? My name is Coach Joe, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tbhfitness.com. TBHFitness.com, of course, is my own personal blog/slash website that I have started up to bring you, the athlete, the most open and honest health and fitness information to help you make the best decision for your own workout regimens, to help you train not only smarter, but also train with a purpose. On this episode of the podcast, I will be going over one of my articles I've written for my blog and that is called The Unconventional Strength, Life Away from the Barbell. In this episode, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, different implements, different methods that I've used during quarantine, I guess COVID-19 as well, um, and how to maintain strength and conditioning and also just exploring different realms of possibilities and different avenues of strength that I never explored previously. We'll go into a little bit about my history of training and how these new methods of training have actually helped me as I slowly go back to my older style of training and kind of bridging the gap between the two. All that plus more coming at you right after the break. So when I was in middle school, my dad often took me to the gym to kind of teach me the ropes when he came to working out. And of course, the first thing that we had to learn was the bench press. I don't really meet a whole lot of people where they tell me that their first workout involved squatting. Um, So it's always interesting to hear people that are outside the norm. But for the most part, you know, everyone kind of agrees with me in that the first ever official lift you learn is the barbell bench press. If not, it's probably the curls. So from a young age, I kind of had a brief introduction into working out, into lifting, into what is going to soon be my passion of strength, and conditioning, coaching. And um, as I got older, right, so as I moved into high school and I started competing in football and track and field uh, under a really good athletic program led by a really good athletic director, the, I guess, demand for training was a lot higher than I would think most high schools would have been at the time. We had a lot of strength, conditioning sessions, a lot of speed work sessions, a lot of rehabilitation sessions so a lot of things that went into training beyond the actual training and that was good that's good for someone that's that young of age to get involved in that and kind of know what to do with your body pre and post workout and so yeah it was it was a cool experience um, and then as I moved into college and kind of focused my efforts more towards you know the shot put in the hammer throw it was a lot more of weight room focus and then technical focus for track right those are the only things you did it's not like football where you have your drills you have walkthroughs you have actual games you have you know film and then you have all you know different scenarios different practices watching film again reading other uh, opponents you know playbook not playbooks but you know just going through old film and all that track is very much you know if you're not lifting and you're not then you're not throwing then you probably should be sleeping or eating because that's really much all you do as a thrower So I was very accustomed to that lifestyle like the last four years of my life. Um, Like I said, if I wasn't in the weight room, I was on the track and then vice versa. So in that regard, that's where everything strength-wise kind of, you know, got tuned up a notch. That's where I started getting a lot more strength in, you know, the big three, deadlift, bench, and squat because we had a little bit more of an old school style of training approach, which I loved. I loved the whole getting after mentality. I loved, you know, the rep schemes and I loved the, the push I was getting from the coaches that I had during my time in college. But, you know, as the whole quarantine thing arrived and as we're being told to stay at home, not go outside unless you're going to run or jog or whatever, walk your dog, um, working out became very difficult. Right. And so I kind of had to adapt. And again, what the podcast, you know, kind of says in the artwork, I had to adapt and learn and overcome from the whole situation. So what does that mean? That means I had to try and find methods of working out that were beyond the norm for me and I had to accept the fact that I wasn't going to be squatting you know whatever 455 anymore I had to come to grips with the idea that like hey I'm not gonna be able to bench a lot for a long time if I wanted to at all so with that in mind you know I kind of just looked around the internet and saw what kind of implements of strength I could use to I guess get me through right that's all I needed I didn't need to I didn't at the time I didn't think I needed this whole home gym sort of thing right i just needed something to get me through the whole home not house arrest but that's pretty much what it felt like at the time um and so for me the first thing i bought right away i know i kind of put it out of order in the blog a little bit but the first thing i actually got was a trx uh, because i was pretty fascinated when it came to calisthenics but i guess i started with the trx before i actually got into calisthenics if that makes any sense i kind of need this trx more for you know rowing work because really you know you can do a bunch of push-up variations without any equipment you could do a lot like planks you can do a lot of things with your just body weight as is but I didn't have anything to work the back or anything posterior wise so having that TRX really did come in handy when it came to that stuff as well it kind of made me feel a bit more well-rounded as a person trying to work out in the basement kind of thing after the TRX I kind of further you know, went down the rabbit hole of what I could get my hands on that would help me feel back to normal, but also get me something a little bit different than what everyone else was getting. Because obviously what everyone else was getting was getting price gouged, was getting more expensive. People on Craigslist are selling for like, you know, twice the recommended price and all that. So what I looked up actually and what I kind of had a little bit of experience with kind of training with it in undergrad for one of my classes actually is a sandbag. And the class that I was, you know, taking was all about strength conditioning, but also finding different modalities of strength conditioning because as the teacher, you know, as I guess the professor put it, you're never going to have all of the new fancy equipment available so make do with what you got. And I thought there's nothing better than getting a sandbag, right? So my first sandbag was actually me going to Target with my buddy Dylan. And I just bought a duffel bag and then I went across the street to the Home Depot and then I got a bag of pea gravel and I wrapped them in trash bags so that way I could have like weight increments and then I would just stuff the 40 to 80 pounds of pea gravel in this bag and I would just squat it, lunge with it, press it, whatever you can imagine with it. Now after the strap kind of broke off of one of the part of the bag I thought hey I should probably invest in an actual good sandbag. So the sandbag that I actually own and the one that's listed on my blog i guess not listed but it's on the article is um the sandbag by rep fitness it's a i think a medium-sized one meaning it holds i think anywhere from like 60 to 125 pounds and it comes in three filler bags so you kind of can do the math it's you know whatever 125 is or whatever i said it was um divided by three and then that's the increments of the bag But I think the bag also says that it doesn't hold the, don't hold the maximum weight to it. So it could be a little bit less than 125, maybe 115, maybe 110. Um, Either way, it's a good, you know, product to have. And I love having it in the arsenal. Um, The bag has served me well. I was able to do clean variations, you know, pulls, deadlifts, all these bigger compound movements and having a little bit more uh, bigger weights with it. And kind of, yeah, get after it a little bit more than just, like I said, just the TRX. So, once again, sandbag, also a really cool thing that I got going for me. Then the next thing came about was I kind of, you know, started getting a little bit more into calisthenics. I started getting a little bit more into body weight and movements beyond, again, just normal rows and stuff like that with the TRX. Now, I'm not doing any front levers or anything like that. But for me, I felt like it's good to learn how to, you know do different variations of pull-ups, do do different variations of pull-ups effectively and not just throw my body like a kipping sort of style of pull-up. I wanted to actually, you know, be able to do pull-ups without any kind of momentum. And so that's been my, my goal for calisthenics lately is doing pull-ups with no momentum. So that way I can, you know, build up that strength in that regard. Calisthenics, I think is a really good workout especially for someone that doesn't have a whole lot of equipment or wants to you know work out but needs the bare minimum and you can't get more minimum get more bare minimum than your own body weight so in that regard it's a really good workout and you know just putting in some interval style of training into it you can actually get a really solid body weight workout that's actually what most of my online training is going to be when i decide to publish it on my actual website um it's a lot of you know circuit style training people say it has a crossfit feel to it and I suppose it does in that regard. I don't really do CrossFit. Um, that's just not my cup of tea personally, but I do admire the the challenge of it, the rep scheme of it, the whole, you know, every minute on the minute stuff, the um, Tabata workouts. These are all workouts that have a lot of good scientific literature and benefiting your, you know, aerobic capacity and strength. So why wouldn't you like that? Why wouldn't you like to be big, fast, and strong? You know, so again, my style of workouts... Kind of similar to that, kind of not. I don't really play around with gymnastics a whole lot. I think the closest thing you're going to find to gymnastics is going to be, again, pull-ups, uh, which is not really that big of a gymnastics thing. But, you know, it does teach people that are, I guess, new to lifting. You know, you don't need to know a whole lot to get a whole lot out of you, out of yourself. And that's what I love about the style of ro- workouts that I write for myself is that I don't need to know how to do these complex variations, and I don't need to know how to do a kipping pull-up. I don't need to learn how to do this stuff. I just... I know what I know and I can make a workout around that. And I think if I can write that for a lot more people, then there's a lot there'll be a lot less people scared to actually work out. Because what I found was is all my new clients that I kind of, you know, started training right out the gate, they were all the people that would just stick to the treadmills at the commercial gyms. And I asked them like, "Well, why don't you move on to the other side? You're using basically only 20% of the actual gym." And they said that they were just scared of, like, you know, free weights. And I just never had thought about that before, that someone would actually be scared of free weights and they would be scared of the idea of people looking at them and working out and, like, seeing them work out. And then one guy actually said he was, you know, scared that a dumbbell would actually fall on his head and crush his skull. And I said, you know what? Fair enough. I watched The Walking Dead, so I kind of know how, you know, a skull crushed looks like. It doesn't look pleasant. So I get where his fears come from for that. But nonetheless... um, yeah, so that's that's that was the one thing that I loved about the training sessions that I kinda gave to them and then based on their positive response I started incorporating it into a group class setting and then, you know, started doing it online. So it's actually available online already. I kinda took a break to get a different host to I guess host my workouts because, you know, it does I do have to pay to post that to people, but I wanted to make that the less cost efficient for I guess the most bang for your buck for other people, right? Without stressing me out about worrying about where the money comes from, because I want to make sure that, you know, everyone can pay a low rate and also get the most out of it. So that's what I've been kind of working towards. And I think I found the right website for that lately, or as of lately. Anyway, more from that later on. The last thing that I included in the blog, and I think is possibly the most underrated piece of equipment is the kettlebell. And if you haven't heard Joe Rogan's episode with, I'm going to butcher this, but Pavel Satsling, T. Satsling. Anyway, super cool guy from the Soviet Union, or I guess Russia. And they just talk about kettlebell training. Well, they talk about other stuff besides kettlebell training, but Pavel is a guy who definitely made his mark by incorporating kettlebell training in the Soviet Union. And uh, I love the piece of equipment after that episode because it really did show me that it is truly the Swiss Army knife of implements, in my own opinion. Because you can do your presses, your swings, your curls your snatches and again more swings um and then actually with my own personal training clients i kind of have like a gatekeeper exercise i keep with squatting mechanics that involves the kettlebell. i have them do a like a kettlebell goblet squat right where they just hold the horns out in front of them and if they can show me that they can squat 10 reps slow and controlled with about a 65 pound bell then they've earned the right to squat with a bar. It doesn't mean the bar with weight, but actually just the bar. And it seems tedious, I know, but when you have someone that's squatting with a bar and they have a bunch of problems with their movements, the best thing to do is go back to square one and see where they're kind of coming short. But if you're doing it with somebody new, I find that's the best way to kind of you know, beat the problems before they happen, right? Start them off early so that way they can kind of get ahead of the curve. So, that's what I personally do with kettlebells, and I've seen a lot of good progress from that. Uh, the way I teach my clients on a personal training level is I have them do the goblet squat gatekeeper. Then I have them do a front squat with a bar, right? Then once they show me that they can do enough weight with that, uh, we're going to move into more overhead squat, sort of over shoulder mobility kind of things. And once they can find stability in that way, then we actually learn to back squat. So, it's kind of like back squat's kind of the last squat you learn, versus a lot of people, back squat's probably the first squat you learn. Um, no fault to anyone who teaches it that way. I just find that that's the best way for me. That's the best sequence for me to teach someone how to squat because it shows them how to use their legs, how to maintain balance. How do you, you know, keep their core braced and nice and tight. And overall, there's a lot less problems with that because their structural stability is good coming into back squats, which a lot of people, they kind of, you know, overcompensate use their backs if they can't lift it with their legs. But that's just what I do. Uh, so, like I said, guys, these are the three implements that I kind of incorporated in my own home gym. They're kind of the staple pieces whenever I do have a workout, and that's again just a TRX and a sandbag and then a kettlebell. Um, and you don't, you know, you have to buy them right out of the gate. Like I said, when I was start, first starting out, you know, the sandbag that I bought was just an old gym bag and then some pea gravel because I didn't want sand all over the place. And then once I got a couple bucks, you know, I bought it from RepFitness.com. And then just fill the bags with sand because sand's only, I think, like ten bucks, twenty bucks, so it's not a huge investment, um, and it's something that I think you would definitely get the most out of if you choose to purchase that. Kettlebells at the time, kettlebells were probably the number one thing that would always be out of stock, especially from Rogue, which I always wanted a Rogue belt, so I was lucky to have to have my girlfriend buy me an actual Rogue kettlebell for our one-year anniversary. But prior to that, actually, I actually made my own kettlebells using nothing but a basketball, PVC pipe, and concrete. You can kind of do the math on that. It's uh they're not the best looking ones, but they got the job done when I needed them to. So am I glad that I did it? Yes. Did it give me the purpose that I needed? Did it serve the purpose I needed? Yes. Do I want them now? Not really, but I like having them around because it shows me that, you know, you can do anything with a can do attitude and a little bit of, you know, internet resources. And then the next thing that I think is a good investment is a TRX. Um, if you guys don't want to buy a TRX, cause I get they're a little bit more on the expensive side, you can also get, um, a pair of rings. I think rings are just a little bit lesser expensive. I think like 30 or 40 bucks. Uh, I've heard good things about them. I heard they can pretty much do that. They're all like suspension training is pretty much all the same, right? As long as you have a handle and then you have some, I guess, some co- sort of cord or strap to suspend the handle on to do your training then you're already right i've seen people do bed sheets and put their bed sheets in the door and that worked out pretty good for them so it doesn't matter guys as long as you have those three uh you can get a lot out of it like i i mean that's what i have but i think there's also you know a lot to be said about just doing your own body weighted movements and just kind of you know mastering the basics before you go into more advanced uh that's why i like calisthenics and that's something i forgot to mention earlier is that i love the whole part about calisthenics is that like i needed to you know, get a lot of things squared away at ground zero before I rebuilt myself back up to benching and squatting because I'm starting to do more of that now that gyms are open in Colorado. Um, So it was nice to have that time to kind of, you know, adjust and sort of fix some postural stuff, some core strength stuff, some little stuff that I probably would have, you know, missed if I was just in a regular gym. So I'm happy that I had those tools in the tool belt and used those the past couple months to help catapult me into my current program that I got going on now okay guys thanks for tuning in hopefully uh this episode kind of gave you some better insight on some things that you know you can use for your own training or your own home gym or commercial gym whatever you want to um use it in i hope that you guys have been shown that you don't always need to hit the dumbbells and you don't always need to hit the squat rack to get a good workout in i've hoped that you guys is um mine sort of expanded in terms of you know the different levels of training available to you and to not stick to just one path right because there's many paths to the same goal which is just overall a better you right so hopefully you guys got some answers with that uh got some good news coming got some some big surprises we're gonna have our first guest on the actual podcast uh, around November 5th or fourth so like the first part of the month I'm not gonna say a whole lot right now but i will give you guys a little bit of uh enticing news or something to i guess not enticing but uh anticipation and that is um we're gonna have a big you know online personal trainer come in to i guess just talk it up with him kind of see what he's got going on and what he's working on lately so he's pretty big in instagram he's pretty big into social media and he's a really he's been a personal trainer to a really big i guess influencer social media influencer I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever gonna do that, guys. Justice without even telling you who it is, but that's who we're gonna have on the podcast, like I said, in a couple of weeks here. So hopefully you guys will be on the lookout for that. Maybe as the days get closer, I'll do q and A Q&A to kind, or I guess, yeah, Q and A Q&A or submit questions so that way we can kind of get some, you know, material for the show. So once again, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, you know listening to this, and hopefully you guys are getting some good stuff out of it. We're still a little you know, hesitant on the whole, uh, conclusion, but all I can say for now guys is thanks for listening and, uh, get after it. Go make the day yours.